Thursday, welcome to Adam versus the man. We got a great pile of headlines. A great pile of the best headlines. Uh, no, we actually have a catch up day, so there is a big pile of headlines for the first half of the show. Second half of the show, we have a guest and we have a really hot button topic right now. Uh, libertarian veteran, the Cajun libertarian, uh, Noel from the Bayou, who does uh, what's, what's the name of his podcast? I should know before the cage. No, that's it. Oh, sorry. The cage of the but he also does uh igloos to Eskimos or wait, bayous to igloos. Shit. Uh igloos to bayous. Igloos to bayous. Yeah, with the with the uh him and the Eskimo libertarian. Yeah, so it's the Eskimo libertarian and the Cajun libertarian is their partnership there. Uh the Cajun and Eskimo show. The Cajun and Bayous to Igloos. From Bayous to Igloos. Thank you. I should have remembered that. It's a cool, memorable name. But now you won't forget it. So um, I thought that uh, this, so Shane Hazel, uh, also a libertarian veteran activist, podcaster out of Georgia, uh, has started popularizing the term murder cult, described the U.S. military. And I don't know, for myself, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think I've used that so, you know, I thought the first time I've heard about it, I can't say I've, like, I've used it in the past, but I, I've made the point. And I think it's a it's a very important thing to acknowledge. I mean, well, okay, let me, gosh, let me organize my thoughts. All right. Back up. The Buddha once said, was it the Buddha? No, God damn it. The Dalai Lama was asked, what's the first thing you would do if you were president? He said, I would start calling things by their proper names. And I think, Ah, war is murder. Police are thugs. Politicians are criminals. And government is a racket. Yes! So, oh, and taxation is theft. If that wasn't obvious enough, right? Um, so, the military. If, if war is murder, then what, what is the military? I mean, not only is it anti-American by the standards of the founders who were against a standing army, they were advocates of a militia-based defense, and the coup of 1789, the creation of the Constitution, uh, tried to get their compliance with the Second Amendment to say, oh, no, no, we still we still recognize the essentialness of a, of a militia. I mean, that was considered like just kind of obvious to them at the time. But the Constitution that we live under today, which is the illegal Constitution that is the product of the coup of 1789, is what authorized the current standing army. It was the perversion of what it means to be American, not only with the coup, but the abandonment of the ideal of freedom of consent. Remember, how many states did it take to ratify the Constitution? Oh, wait. <sighs> Bueller? Nine! Nine out of 13. This is where you go from the consent concept of a republic, the voluntary ideal, uh, ethical concept behind libertarianism, the, the ideal of voluntarism, that all human religions should be voluntary, free of force, fraud, and coercion, was now replaced with majority rule, democracy by coercion. John Smith, war is peace, the American way. This is really, really critical, I think, to the perversion of whatever righteousness there was in the American Revolution. And you have to understand this history 
to see today's military in context because we have come to turn that on its head and think of the military is essential and the militia is optional to the survival and defense of a nation. So, Bull Johnson for Congress, who we've interviewed on this show, and I didn't even see this full conversation because it, it, it's, you know, you know what? And if you're, if you're on Twitter, and this is, I already, I'm like, this guy, not a real bootleg libertarian, is libertarian underscore not. I'm like, really? You're going to screenshot, you're on Twitter. Retweet, reply. What? You don't need to take a screenshot. Of someone, because now I can't follow the threat. It's kind of it's kind of like a weird disingenuous thing, like disconnect to take this out of context. But Bull Johnson says, "Well, at least I do not call the U.S. military a murder cult, and not a real bootleg libertarian." Says, "If you are of this belief, go find a new party. You can say the military is misused, that the government is bad, but same people joined to be a part of a murder cult just shows ignorance and how much of a piece of trash you are." It's like the least libertarian thing you could say in response to this, right? You know, first of all, like get out of our party because you, you don't share our messaging. You don't know the Libertarian Party then. Like the Libertarian Party, like, no, you you check the box and say, I agree, I, I reject the use of coercion to achieve political or social goals, right? And the statement of principles is a beautiful articulation of the non-aggression principle. And if you sign on to those, you're welcome in the LP. To the point that you're doing something counterproductive, right? or hurting or violating those principles in your action. Using messaging that you don't like doesn't qualify. You say that you can say the military is misused, that the government is bad. Now, saying that the military is misused, actually, no, you really can't say that. I mean, you can, but you're wrong. The military is used exactly as it was designed to create a global empire, to project American power, to protect American interests, which have always been, those words have always been code for, you know, the, the, the interests of the U.S. federal government's corporate sponsors. It's never been, uh, you know, Americans' interests. No, pre- protect America's interests. So, no, you can say the military is misused. Not a real bootleg libertarian. No, you're wrong. Sorry, you're wrong. The military, I mean, you could say it's not used as effectively as it could be, that they could be using it to murder more. They could be using it to steal more. They could be using it to protect more power. They could be using it to grow the American empire better. But no, if you say the military is being misused, like in a fundamental sense, you're wrong. It's factually wrong. Say that the government is bad. Yeah, okay, the government is bad. Yeah, you can say the government is bad. Well, we all say government is bad. Um even people who believe government is fundamentally good will admit sometimes government is bad. Um, but saying people join to be a part of a murder cult, first of all, and, and by the way, this guy, not a real bootleg libertarian, I'm pretty sure this is some kind of troll or weird, like, stock puppet thing, because he came back and was like, well, how come you don't support the troops? I mean, something really dumb like that. I could go back to my tweets, but when you deliberately misrepresent your intellectual opposition's position, to try to bait them into answering it, it just shows that you don't really have a valid point because you're saying same people join to be a part of a murder cult. No one using the term murder cult is saying, well, when they sign up, they're really joined to murder people in a cult. No, no, they're we're, we're tricked into it. That's that's the point, it, and that's the point of being using the term murder cult as the most honest, direct, descriptive term because. 
it it punctures that way that we have been deceived. If you say, oh, no, the military is just misused, but you are good to join the murder cult. I mean, the military. You're really bullshitting people who are in the military and doing them a disservice by denying them the truth that is illuminated by the libertarian perspective. So shows ignorance and how much of a piece of trash you are. He's actually doing this weird thing referring to someone else earlier in the conversation from this screenshot. And then the Cajun Libertarian, our guest today, retweeted that and said, endorsed, stop shitting on veterans. And I misread it at first. Because I thought endorses, and he's endorsing the term murder cult. Because, you know, like this other guy, not a real bootleg libertarian, you know, I don't know, is kind of an anonymous character. Most libertarian veteran activists I know are not anonymous. Well, that's kind of obvious. All of the ones I know are not anonymous. Uh, no, but even, I, I, I've, and I've, I've met one libertarian activist and person who says, you know, like, and found out they, they do activism under like a complete pseudonym. Um, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and suggest that not a real bootleg libertarian is not a veteran because veterans at least are better at facing the truth and wouldn't bullshit like this. FL Florida metalhead. You going on any tours again anytime soon? Anytime soon? Seen you live a few times. Seen you live. Like a band that's been touring for like a decade. Yeah, no, well, it's been a decade and a half for me at this point. I don't have any tours playing. I'm going to be in Sacramento 9-11 for the anti-war rally being hosted by uh, Angela McCardle, California Mises, uh, Sacramento Libertarian Party. Uh, very excited about that. On 9-11, 20th anniversary. Yeah, what a moment to celebrate to to at least mark. Um, but then Cajun Libertarian, our, our guest today, said endorsed, stop shitting on veterans, signed hashtag proud libertarian. And it's like, using accurate language to describe what people, because like murder cult does not say you're a bad person because you're in a murder cult. And actually, if you're a veteran, it's just admitting that you're human and that you're fallible and that you fell for this. And I, I think that takes an extra level of courage of being a real warrior instead of a pathetic fucking soldier who just kills for politicians being a warrior means being able to face the truth, face your own inner demons, being able to admit your own shortcomings and face up to your mistakes. And especially the big hard ones to face up to like, yeah, uh, I was tricked into joining the murder cult and, 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 and to be enthusiastic about it. And so apparently we're going to have a bit of a debate for today's show. Uh, we also have co-hosting Ed Vallejo army veteran and uh james vaughn our producer also a veteran uh is going to be with us today and so we're going to get them back on so we want to welcome your comments about this i don't know if, i don't know if ed has a comment contest or not but i i want to see comments about your thoughts on the murder cult because we're going to set this up and it's kind of a messaging thing right you know it's it should we use the term murder cult but it, there's something else being debated here that's actually more significant than that like is it a murder cult well, yes, it, it is, you know, a bit, bit of a subjective scale. Is the Adam versus the Man audience a cult? <gasps> oh, well, it meets three out of the ten criteria, so probably. Well, the military meets the majority of, of what you would call, you know, like you know, criteria for a cult. Is it, is it on the cusp of that? You know, is, is the Christian church, is the Catholic church a cult? Uh, you know, it, it, it might not be by how you define it, but uh, I think I'd like to use the term cult to define, to, to include 
you know, most major dogmatic religions like that. It's not not a cult just because it got so big and popular, right? It, it, but, but even by my, what I recognize as a scale of how much are you a cult, uh, the military, <laughs> way more of a cult than, than, than any modern form of Christianity, maybe not any, there are probably some sects that out-cult the military. But as practice, like modern Christianity, far less of a cult than the military. It's kind of like statism, far more relevant of a religion than Christianity. Who do you tithe to? To whom do you worship? Who do you actually pay attention to? The prophets of Christ or the prophets of government? You watch the news because they talk about what, what government is doing and what politicians are doing. To whom do you tithe? You pay 10% to the church and 30% to Uncle Sam. Who pays 10% to the church? Joey, do you know any Christians? I mean, I mean, who, who actually tied 10% to a church? I mean, even of the... I don't, My the, grandparents, and it got me free private education through elementary and middle school. That's because, different. That's, I mean, tithing. They, tithing is donate. You should donate to the church. Yes, yeah, they donated 10% of their income oh, voluntarily to the church for years. and Before all their, you qualified for the education. Before I qualified. Interesting. All right. But very few. Do you know anybody else? No, I mean, and that was a two different generations, generations yeah. way less taxes. Yeah. They actually had the money no, just, to do that. Like. I mean, I, Christians have always been hypocrites one way or another. And it's, I, 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 excuse me for saying it that way, because I do believe they're good Christians. They're Christians who are honest, who have intellectual integrity, who are non-dogmatic, who don't worship the church, who worship God through Christ. And, and even though I personally disagree with that particular religious doctrine mythology i might call it even i respect that i respect that a lot more than the cult christians retributions right? on odyssey right now says his father did that their whole life too 10 percent volunteer oh well, all right did yeah, anybody odyssey. give okay did anybody give more than they gave to government to the church as, as, a, imagine, as a regular church was more to, than than what people were giving to the government in say the 40s and 50s and that's when people were Perhaps. doing it because they had the money to do Perhaps. it so we had less of a taxation system and people wanted to give no, money to church obviously yeah. perks, no, no, obviously know? i'm making two separate points about current christian most american christians are big hypocrites, right? Is that that's, that's not news? That's nothing big to point out. Uh, but tithing is just one example. And the other point I'm making is that they they worship government more than Christians. And so to call them statists who identify as Christian is really more accurate than to call them Christians who don't know that they're statists, right? right, right. So uh, because the average person who identifies as a Christian today doesn't tithe. Ed Vallejo goes, "We need to talk." Ed, we're gonna get yes, no, no, Ed, Ed. We're going to get Ed on in a minute here, but we're really going to bring Ed on for the last quarter of the show. Because uh, I didn't mean to sidebar another religion here. I wanted to get into, you know, the, the, what seems like a messaging thing, right? Should we use the term hashtag murder cult? And um, I think in its place, yes, absolutely. Uh, when when I want to make that point and refer to it as such, um and I, I think in terms of confronting the evil of militarism in the state directly, referring to it as the murder cult is is an important way. I, I don't want to weigh in on the use 
usage of this terminology. Should we hashtag everything about the military? Hashtag murder cult? You know, should we write speeches about the murder cult? Should every veteran in the who's a libertarian write hashtag murder cult in their Twitter bio? Yeah, I, I don't really, I, I don't want to get into that side of it, right? Because then you're talking about the practicality of it. But the, the conceptual worthiness of this term, because it raises bigger issues. And it's it's sort of in messaging too, should we tiptoe around the truth or should we be blunt about it and, and, and to what degree and can, can we separate being sensitive to other people's feelings and being empathetic from truly valuing their humanity by telling them the truth is directly as pain right that i think is more at the core of this debate and the balancing act um i don't even want to debate it does the term is the term murder cult accurate because that's a dumb that's a dumb debate like i can say it's accurate by defining murder cult using those terms murder cult the way that i want to to include the military the, the military murders it has cult like properties no shit it has it, it it applies that way but the the bigger questions about this and this does relate to militarism itself and and that i think i really want to confront as directly as possible so uh, that being said, let me see, we've got a 17 minute ramble inspired Good by job. me previewing the topic of today's show. With that, put hashtag murder cult in your comments today. Uh, hopefully on Odyssey. Can we get can we get hashtag murder cult trending on Odyssey? That's to be an easy one, right? Um, I'm really excited about Odyssey. Speaking of That's, Odyssey, though, yes. uh, time out, uh, Tom who Tom from Odyssey dropped us a hundred float coin token tip. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Awesome. No, no. You know what? This is, this is, I, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm skeptical of Odyssey. And Tom works for library. Okay. No, no hold on. I'm, so I'm skeptical. You. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Rock, Landstone, Adam, I suggest that if it is a murder cult, as you say, what would you do to fix that? Uh, abolish it. Um, the milita militarism is a perversion of Americanism. As I said, the militia-based defense is what the American founders fought and died in the American Revolution for. I mean, a big distinction between the term the founders and the framers. The founders who said, screw you to the king and, and, and fought to the death for their independence. And then the framers who screwed it up with the coup of 1789. Um, I made that distinction even before I knew that it was such a thing. Uh, but really, it was a coup. Anyway, so Joey, uh, about Odyssey, it's based on my experience with Steemit. And they didn't, they, they offered us thousands. They said post and we'll put, but it was with our crypto and it was a big pump and dump. You know, and, and I'm, I'm actually more excited by a modest donation to help establish a functional presence with Odyssey and a platform that doesn't censor us like YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, then get a big donation. Cause I'm not in it for the money. I mean, Joey's painfully it's aware that I'm not really motivated by money. It's but... not painful, I hate money too. It works wonderful. And I'm excited to use Odyssey as our main live broadcast link once we get our Wait, you're not motivated. I need a C, I need a new CEO. <laughs> Hello? So, I mean, can I get a new CEO in here? We need, I need one who's motivated by money. Can we get, we need money. God damn, my CEO is broken. <laughs> I, I need a new CEO. She doesn't want money. I'm motivated by efforts. 
resources. And money is sometimes one of those things. Let's be real. No, and I do need to be more organized. I mean, it would be beneficial for my activism and my effectiveness as a whole if over the decade and a half I've got under my belt now, I was more financially organized, responsible, you know, things like that. Uh, not that I've been ever irresponsible, um, but better plans, more safe. I mean, shit, I spent all my $5 Bitcoins on the Silk Road. I don't need to admit any mistakes bigger than that <laughs> financially, do I? Um, if you've got any of my $5 Silk Road Bitcoins, because you stole me weed or DMT or mushrooms, give a couple of those back. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great at this point. <clears throat> um, but because uh, Odyssey, and I, I don't know how I feel about the branding, because it's like a misspelling of the word Odyssey, right? O D Y S E E. But you see, you're seeing videos. I get. Uh, I get the. I get. It. Okay. It's not, it's not, uh, that's definitely not a deal breaker. Uh, but uh, I, I, I felt the same way about Steam It. Steam It, it was like dumb brain. All like, there's, it's so hard, you know, for like to create a new, but like Facebook. Yeah, God damn it. They took Facebook, you know, like shit. You know, you know, Twitter did a pretty good job. But remember, Twitter had huge reluctance to the branding for the first few years. Quick side note internet history worth pointing out. First few years of Twitter blowing up, people were like, oh, tweets. Tweeters, you're twitting, twittering, twittering, while you're like making fun of it. Uh, and I was just like, it's accepted vernacular. So maybe Odyssey, you know, as just one misspelling brand. But Steam It really, Steam It was worse. I get Twitter you know? to tweet. A little birdie told me, like, this all makes sense. The marketing team thought about it. So about Odyssey, it. yeah, no, I, I believe it's thoughtful. Absolutely. Yeah, there's clearly a massive. Hey, if Odyssey's a pump and dump, it's a really good one. It's not a fly by night thing. No, no, it's I, I, I'm not. I have no reason to believe. I just wish the connection that Odyssey is a pump and dump. We can't get the right. comments up on the screen. That's the only thing I'm so, really. No, no, that's that's, and that's a minor thing. So that's yeah. that's a big thing though that we love for audience interaction during the show, being able to put your comments on screen. So right now we're encouraging Twitch, Twitch comments will get priority in the stream backstage as well as Odyssey comments because we really want to promote people. Uh, getting established on Odyssey. Um, I'm I'm excited because it's built on an established blockchain with library. It's not like, oh, we've got this new complicated three-tiered. And and it was like Steam, it quickly devolved to being all about the money and manipulating posts for money. And like, I don't want that. I want, I mean, really, I want a, I want a reliable broadcast platform for all my content, which is basically the show now. Um, I mean, I like being able to interact with people like Twitter, but I'm going to start using Telegram for that more. I just have my public Telegram channel be like, this is where I post my thoughts and musings and articles I'm going to talk about. Like, really build the Telegram channel. Like, Joey, think about it. If I just cut all my effort that I put into Twitter every day and instead make it about Telegram, we'd have a better channel. Because t.me slash Adam versus the man is really slow growing. Because this is all we're doing to promote it. You know, as mentioned on this show, People connect with it sometimes when I do interviews on other platforms, but not really. But I'd like this to be a functional other, you know, stream of content. And instead, I'm wasting this effort on Instagram. You know, like I, and I could have, you know, I say that I want, uh, you know, I like Instagram using it conscientiously for the Garden of Freedom being uh, like a photo gallery. But why not have a Telegram channel for that, too, and just say, fuck off to Instagram. Anyway. Retribution on Twitch. Following instructions, the American government realized that the American people are not engaged in the conquering of the rest of the world through direct death campaigns and other murder cults is turning on its own people. Yeah, so the 
Good point. And this is back to what was a really fun insight when I asked this question with, with Ed yesterday, like talking about the war games. What is the biggest threat of militarism today? It's it's militaries being turned on you know, their own peoples. With that, Jim, give us the producer notes and then we'll get Ed up here and then we'll breeze through a lot of headlines. What's going on? I have one thing to add to that uh, large intro uh, and I've been holding on to it in my brain so I wouldn't forget the idea of tithing. I have a unique, uh, a unique perspective on that that I'd like to share. Um, the idea of tithing for me, I got this from a book I read. Uh, it's the idea that it's an acknowledgement that you don't need that money for your happiness and for your sustainability. You have the faith that you know things would come in, in any ways. And it's not supposed to be to a church. It's supposed to be like people should focus on tithing 10% to people in need anywhere when you're, uh, when you're at the, you know what I mean? Okay, when you pull up thank, to the freeway you know, and no, the person I is. That. You know what? And I would, I would say that's a very important point for me to be more sympathetic to, to people and more inclusive and good Christians yeah. in the United States. You're tithing today. to God, not to yeah. the church. No, you're tithing no, no, no. to God I, and God is everywhere. God is omnipresent. Right, no, no, no. I that, thought about know? this too. And, and, and thank you for making it very clear that way. Cause I, like w a couple of my good friends are, are passionate Christians who have no church affiliation. They do church at home and that's it for them. And they are, they are, and you go, wow, you're very Christian. And I go, but you're not tithing to a church. It's very simple minded of me to not acknowledge that they're doing something of their own that is giving back. And the way that I would describe that principle, Jim, you might've heard me talk about this in terms of like meta financial advice that, that at some point hoarding becomes an ineffective use of resources. Once you have everything you need. You have your dream home. You have dream vacation homes. You have all the vehicles you want. You have all your healthcare taken care of. You have, uh, you, you have rainy day funds for you and everyone in your family. Right. And, 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 and that's not modest, but it, clearly at that point, if you hold on to more money and you just sit on it, it's not as effective as if you at least invested it into things that are gonna create more goods and services to make the world a better place to serve humanity through market entrepreneurship. But, or if you donate that to a church or to your community or to people in need, then the universe will conspire to make sure you always have what you need. Right. You know, the, 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 in terms of the reputation capital, the strengthening of community, the, the, the appreciation value that's sort of a, a karmic debt that you accrue by being generous with anything that is excess of your needs. And I think most people would define their needs a lot more modestly than I just did, right? Right, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I mean, that's bringing it to the max level. You know what I mean? E even yeah. if you wanted to call it reasonable to have all of those things taken care of before you consider anything else extra. You know, even if we had that, yeah. that would at least be something. Yeah. To me, that turning point of I have everything I need, but I'm going to take more for myself. Not I'm going to do more or create more or empower more. I'm just going to take more for myself. That's that's the point where greed is toxic, where the term greed becomes because greed is such a vague, meaningless, misused term. But that's where it becomes irrelevant. And it's sort of toxic greed where it's leading to a malinvestment of resources. Yeah. Yeah, word. So that's all I had to say about that. If you don't worry about it and you focus on giving 10% of your wealth, 10% of your income to people in need, not necessarily specifically the church, then it's said that it will come back to you tenfold through karma.
So as far as promos go, t.me forward slash Adam versus the man. We've talked about that. That's the public telegram channel where you can find all the links. I got like 30 of them lined up. We got a long uh, show, so I'm going to try not to take too long on the promos here. First, we're going to talk about patreon.com forward slash Adam versus the man. One, five, ten, fifty dollars a month of the different levels. Ten dollars a month to get you access to the private producers club, which is an awesome uh, telegram private group that we share links to uh, decide what Adam's going to talk about on the show. Instagram at the Garden of Freedom, all the pictures and videos of life up there in Gardenia. Until we find a non-Instagram place to port these over to, this is where you can find life up in Gardenia on Instagram at the Garden of Freedom is the handle. So definitely get yourself connected there. Uh, all kinds of good pictures and videos coming up all the time. Homefrontbattlebuddies.com is the best veterans nonprofit organization where all of your donations are theft deductible. So definitely take advantage of that. If you have any money sitting around and you want to do the tithing thing with it, you can use homefrontbattlebuddies.com and it'll surely come back to you probably 20 fold if you do it through Homefront Battle Buddies because that's extra special. Next, we check out the crypto6.com. We got QR codes so you can donate to different, different cryptocurrencies that you may hold to the legal funds of these guys, the Bitcoin church that was raided. Uh, this link up at the top here has a link, uh, the address so you can write to Mr. Nobody who's still sitting in a cage. You know, you would appreciate that. So definitely take care of that for Mr. Nobody, please. Lastly, we talk about gogreenenergyonline.com. We send people here that wanna learn more about setting themselves up with solar panels, micro wind power, zero energy homes. If you wanna get yourself off grid, no matter where you live, you can educate yourself to do it yourself at gogreenenergyonline.com. That's all I got. I hope you enjoy the show, everybody. Here we go. All right. Let's get Ed up here, and then Joey. I don't know Joey's not on camera, and we can smoke weed every day. Joey's smoking weed. Promise. I would, but I'm in a residence that doesn't allow that. Beautiful smoke clouds on this black background. Thank you, dear. Wow. Artistic. All right, Ed. I know you. So Ed is Ed is tithing in service of his family with his time and energy today. And and uh, mad respect for that, Ed. Uh, I know you had you were triggered by at least half a dozen things in my opener there, weren't you? You know, Adam. It's, it's really hard to consider myself a part of a death cult when I volunteer in peacetime and serve on American soil in a helicopter ambulance squad that saved American um, military lives and civilian lives with a military assistance to safety sure, and sure. program. Yeah, you know? can I address that? I, I, that's, no. that's yeah, because I thought about that, um, and and murder cult, not death cult, is distinct okay. because death cult would suggest that it's worshiping death itself, or the objective right. is death itself, and that's not what the term is saying, and that's not part of my message. But murder cult, that the the, the in, inherent purpose of the U.S. military is to commit or threaten murder in order to serve the interests of U.S. militarism, the military-industrial complex, the perverted federal government. And you're on board with that, right? That, that, yeah, that, no, 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 no. Yeah, I understand. I mean, so, so you division that, artillery does nothing but destroy things and kill people. I understand that. I get it. Okay. 
so there are lots of people who have, who have made this case to me that, well, hey, I joined for the education benefit and I joined in the Coast Guard where I knew I would be doing just this. So, Adam, can't I say that that's ethical? And I can say that's less unethical than saying I joined the Marine in, Marine Corps Infantry because I want to kill Hodgins. Like, yeah, you're you're in a different category. I'm not trying to equate those two things. But is that that's that's kind of the fair. I guess the extreme wouldn't even be Marine Corps anymore. The extreme would be I want to be a drone operator and with a remote control drop bombs on wedding parties from thousands of miles away versus the guy who's like, well, no, I just want to be a medic in the Coast Guard so we can rescue people and I can help with the medical efforts in the Coast Guard. Okay. okay. You know, so th th there's 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 a huge spectrum. Oh yeah, along those lines, right? And I am not. And the term murder cult is in no way trying to deny that, but it is saying that the intent of the institution as a whole is to commit and threaten murder to achieve its goals, right? Now, well, wait a second. No, no, no. Wait a second. Okay, the military from my impression was created as a defensive measure against that's, okay, the that's, world. that's historically inaccurate and 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 this is the important thing about understanding the difference between a militia and a military and what the founders of this country saw as a righteous defense versus a corrupt right. defense they right. were what they called a standing army based on their experience in europe that they explicitly cited in a lot of the you know sort of pre-founding documents was that militaries standing armies defended kings and rulers and authoritarians and militias were what defended free people and that was why they were explicitly the founders against a standing army and it was a perversion of that intent in the coup of 1789 to have that but your point is almost irrelevant here because it's not the forming and the intent in forming that matters it's what is its usage now oh so yeah i agree with you there okay i agree with you there i mean the the landing at normandy was a major difference than sending troops to afghanistan okay why why? Because you believe the mythology of World War II, but you've seen through the mythology of the global war on terror? No, it's it was obvious on its face that Afghanistan people were not attacking America, yet we sent troops to Afghanistan. That was wrong. We should never have sent any troops to Afghanistan. That's my personal belief, but, you know, uh, there's there's... Righteous defense and righteous use of the military, and there's unrighteous, you know, offense and is it, unrighteous. Is it, righteous, use of the military. Is, it, is it righteous to drop two nukes on Japan using Pearl Harbor as the justification when you just buried the history of how Japan was basically egged into bombing Pearl Harbor? Knowing what we know now, yeah, there was a lot of uh, manipulation and machinations going on in order to create the whole event. Okay. okay study, but you know what's gonna happen? It was gonna happen no whether those people machinated it or not. It really it's, was. It's no different. It's 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 just a more complex story to untangle with okay. the European theater of World War II. But I think I think Ed, your fundamental intellectual and principled instincts are strong enough to recognize that war is always a racket, even though there is the hypothetical of one just defensive side in against a war of aggression. 
that the use of a military of socializing that defense as opposed to letting it be determined by the market is inherently criminal. And I can't and you can't make the case that any of the militaries involved in World War II were free market products. Actually, there may have been in some small skirmishes around the fringes of it where people were defending against the major powers of World War II in the South Pacific, for example. But right. in terms of the major players in World War II, they were all militaries. They all had corrupt interests. None of them were legitimate defensive actions. Even the United States that has struggled so hard to create that mythology since World War II, especially blowing up the mythology of the Holocaust. I'm not a denier, but you would be naive to not be a revisionist of a, a history written by the victors. No, I agree with you. I agree with you there. So, then, so, so when you, the importance to me in, in, in using the term murder cult is actually directly in addressing your objections. Because some people like to say, well, I joined the good part of the murder cult. And I want to say, right. no, you didn't. There is no good part of the murder cult. You are inherently supporting the core mission that, that is an institution designed to kill and destroy. You know, I would. I'll agree. I was part of the cleanup crew, you know. <laughs> I was part of the cleanup crew of a murder cult, but it just happened to be not in murder time, I guess. Sure, yeah, right. Well, no, but you would admit, I think even during that time, that projection of American power, the threat of murder was very relevant still. Oh, it still is. It still is. And so, yeah, maybe more so now than direct action, right? And the thing about the term cult, the reason I think it's important to acknowledge that it's a cult is that it has a ear it has played on people's deep-seated psychological needs and emotions so well that it has led to irrational devotion and loyalty and it it it, it uses a lot of the features of a cult in order to achieve that slavish loyalty among not just its members, but even its allies and supporters in politics and in the general population. You were talking about like, I have a Marine Corps sticker on my vehicle still, like right here. I, it's on my fucking arm. I was so into the murder cult, I got the fucking tattoo. You, you, you really, you wanna tell me it wasn't a cult? How many people in the military got tattoos? How many Christians have Christian tattoos? I know that there's a different thing about not getting tattoos in Christianity, I know. But like, how many other religions have the same tattoo rate as militarism? Christians go above and beyond. Their favorite symbol is the cross, which is literally what killed. Exactly. Yeah, right. no, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of American flag tattoos out there. Yeah, so statism. No, but okay, statism would be a close runner-up. Right? You want to talk about religious devotion as measured by tattoos militarism far and away still number one there might be some minor one that that, that can beat it by proportion but then nationalism statism you and know, then oh, oh. then how you want to cut it the nfl but yeah oh the nfl yeah <laughs> yeah professional sports would be would be a close third i think in terms of at least in the but major players over that like i know fans fight over that too so yeah it's totally a call like fans will get like baseball fans will get in, like, more cross over their yeah. teams. Football fans do. Like I think there are more cross tattoos though than professional sports tattoos in America. Anybody wanna challenge me? I agree. You ever notice all those crosses on the side of the highway? Yeah. Christians can't drive, man. <laughs> all right. You're just being snarky. All right, what's this? 
Uh, Betty Spaghetti on YouTube says my dad was a staff sergeant in the U.S. Marines and he said they brainwash you. Yeah, I I resisted the term brainwashing for a long time, and I still don't think I think it's I think it's oversimplifying. Um, you know, I thought it was more like you know break you down and build you back up, um, and the breaking down is only if you have like you're defined by a lot of bad habits. But and I know why I joined the military. I'll tell you why I personally joined the military, okay? When I was in high school, I got involved in to Junior Reserved Officer Training Corps, ROTC, okay? okay? When I got involved in that, I was acquainted with FM, Field Manual, okay? In the United States Army, there is a field manual for everything you could ever imagine, okay? And when I realized that they had everything, everything all there this was what i wanted it was regimented you could tell what was where what was supposed to go where you, everything was determined and you could climb up this ladder you may have to eat shit to start with but you get to a point where everybody got to eat your shit okay i saw my opportunity and that's why i joined the military okay the regimentation of it yeah i liked that being a virgo I'm regimented. I'm, you know, I'm. I got a routine, and I just yeah. And a lot of that's a lot of that's good stuff that gets that gets lumped in to the bad stuff when you use the term brainwashing. I think because it's yes. like you know they they beat your individuality out of you. No, they give you regimentation. They give you discipline. They give you structure, and those things can be evaluated separately from the propaganda brainwashing of, you know, you do all of this awesome, fun stuff and have this great lifestyle because we're stealing money from people all over the world in order to fund it, by the way. So, of course, you get to do all this stuff with no sense of does it create value for other people. You get right. to just be in the military and then, uh, it, by the way, worship the state. By the way, advocate for this. By the way, make sure that your family supports the troops politically so that we keep getting away with our funding racket. I noticed that they have the the one thing that most cults have, uniform, okay? Yeah, right. He has a uniform, and they're all the same uniforms, except for special people have special uniforms. Yeah, and hierarchy. And, yeah. and that's the, the, the nature of the, and I'm all for voluntary hierarchy, but there's something about that and the way that it's done in the military. It's very cult-like. All right, Ed, we're going to have to come back to this with our guests. It's going to be fun. Uh, keep the comments coming. Keep the thoughts on this subject coming. I think this is a really fun examination. But we do, it's Thursday. We do have to do our job uh, and, and cover some headlines. So with that, we go to gmanetwork.com. Venezuela to slash six zeros from currency, central bank. Venezuela will slash six zeros off its inflation-battered currency, the Bolivar, to make it easier to use, the central bank said Thursday. The change will take effect October 1 with the issuance of new currency notes. All, quote, all monetary amounts expressed in national currency will be divided by one million, the central bank of President Nicolas Maduro's beleaguered leftist government said, it said the goal of the change is to facilitate the use of the Bolivar. The once wealthy oil producer is enduring its fourth year of hyperinflation and its eighth year of recession. Remember, we've been making fun of Venezuela socialism and Maduro and, and all this for, for years. 
And I'm actually surprised that it's taken this long to come to a head. But there's something about, oh, we're just going to cut some zeros off all the currency. That's kind of an admission of defeat to inflation itself. Uh, although Mexico went through that transition, what, about 15, 20 years ago? It was reasonably successful in that with the peso. But they had major economic reforms that went along with it that stabilized that currency. Ray Cancer on YouTube, print more money. Yeah, right. And so with Venezuela, it looks like this is... You know, it could go one of two ways, obviously. Like they could be able to manage this. They could be able to figure out a, figure out a way to rein this in. They could be able to uh, steal, you know, uh, in terms of uh, oil resources in Venezuela enough to back up some new currency system or give some other value behind it. Um, it, it, it could be managed like Mexico's uh, inflationary upgrade. But in the era of COVID and following the eight years of the failure of socialism and in the context of Cuba right there, rejecting Cuban communism going, yeah, we got to admit this failed. I have a hard time believing that Venezuela is not going to come to a breaking point and that runaway inflation is not going to be a major part of it, especially knowing how significant cryptocurrency is in Venezuela and that there's been a targeted effort by the crypto activism community as a whole to reach out to Venezuela and some of these other South American countries or just south of the border countries where, like we covered Costa Rica's Bitcoin Beach a couple of weeks ago, briefly. And what I want to point out, though, to, to connect with this is that the bigger point yesterday, that if there is a bigger opportunity, you know, if we, if we want to try to you know, look into the crystal ball and put ourselves in, in the, the role of the biggest assholes in the world, the, the greatest power brokers, string pullers, super class. And go, what is the opportunity? Like, even if it, and we're just talking being non-conspiratorial, just hypotheticals, the people at BlackRock and Vanguard, the big holding companies that own uh, over half big pharma and half of the mainstream media, you know, are they going, well, shit. Don't we own a lot of the military industrial complex too? Oh, you know, when certain governments are weak or relatively weak or strong because of COVID, which we can control and manipulate, there might be other opportunities for projecting global power. That's scary. Now, whether that, I, I mean, I, I would hope that comes in the relatively benign form of corporatism compared to outright violent militarism. But that's the possibility here and that the leverage of militaries will be used to further concentrate wealth and power in the hands of the few around these holding companies, around these major corporations. So back to Venezuela, mm, did they just admit defeat against inflation or are they pulling out of it? Either way, uh, Maduro is in over his head, is going to have very little to say about it compared to the assholes at BlackRock and Vanguard. Now we go to Israel being belligerent again from Newsweek at MSN. Israel ready to attack Iran, as Defense Minister says, we need to take military action. Yeah, Israel's Defense Minister Benny Gantz said that his country is ready to attack Iran and there must be a global response to the threat that the Islamic Republic poses. And it's like, did we miss something? His comments come amid growing tensions following a deadly drone strike on an Israeli-operated tanker off the coast of Oman. Israel, along with the U.S. and the U.K., have blamed Tehran for the attack on the Mercer Street last week that killed two people. Iran has denied involvement. Israel is ready to attack Iran, yes. 
We are at a point where we need to take military action against Iran. The world needs to take action against Iran now. And it's this is the bully trying to set up the framing ahead of the fight to make themselves look like the victim. Uh, nothing new. Jerusalem Post, jpost.com with the next headline. Israel carries out airstrikes in Lebanon after rocket fire. The Israeli airstrikes were the most severe since 2006 and came after the IDF fired some 100 artillery shells towards South Lebanon. And another just horrifically disproportionate response. And and again, no matter what, and, and I am of the uh, opinion, not being an expert, that Israel is consistently the aggressor. You look at where the money flows, you look at the, the American militarism involvement, it's pretty fucking obvious. But also, even if you, just looking at the mainstream narrative and you look at the disproportionality of, of the casualties, there's no fucking way this is a fair fight. So, uh, the Israeli Air Force struck southern Lebanon early Thursday morning in the fourth round of retaliatory attacks following rocket fire towards the city of Kiryat Shmona. The strikes targeted the areas from which the rockets were fired, as well as other locations where rockets had been fired in the past. The IAF also struck additional infrastructure used for terrorism, a statement released by the military said. Yeah, so we, we want to beat up on our enemies. All we have to do is say, well, a terrorist used this infrastructure. Now we get to destroy your infrastructure. Too many logic gaps. Uh, Israel is clearly one of the most criminal governments in the world right now. Like, really, as much as all governments are, it's like, you know, what's your what's your least favorite form of cancer? Uh, the Israeli kind. AP, U.S. plans to require COVID-19 shots for foreign travelers. Yeah, we're on our COVID block now. All right, let's take our COVID vitamins and dispense some misleading medical advice. Pure parity only, of course. David. It's nice to know that my voice has recovered just enough to do this. But yeah, sorry, it's Thursday. We still have COVID headlines to get to this week. Yeah, U.S. plans to require COVID-19 shots for foreign travelers. The Biden administration is taking the first steps toward requiring nearly all foreign visitors to the U.S. to be vaccinated for the coronavirus. White House officials said Wednesday. The requirement would come as part of the administration's phased approach to easing travel restrictions for foreign citizens to the country. No timeline has yet been determined as interagency working groups study how and when to safely move toward resuming normal travel. Eventually, all foreign citizens entering the country, with some limited exceptions, are expected to need to be vaccinated against COVID-19 to enter the U.S. Uh, this is a scary possibility. I don't think they're going to get away with this. I, I hope not. I, I'm not being... You know, uh, it's not wishful thinking on my part. But again, it's going to be uh, there. Well, there's, actually, yeah, like, no one ever sneaks into the United States, right? Because we don't have any illegal immigrants here. Uh, yeah. So there are going to be ways around this. Is this going to be fully enforceable? I don't know. But it's going to bully and pressure more people into getting a shot that's not in their best interest. But what could be worse, uh, aside from another just sort of papers, please kind of requirement uh, that they're going to require everybody to have. The latest vaccine. Oh, you can't. Oh, the vaccine. Oh, you got the you got the early you got the first generation of vaccines. We gotta have the next one. Then you gotta have the six month update. And then the next. Have you had your update? And it's just that's where you're gonna see, uh, like obesity. I mean, like here's 
You want a historical proxy for how bad the vaccines are going to be? Like, yes, I acknowledge the possibility that they could be trying to make everyone infertile and that there's some other long-term consequences. But what's more likely is that they don't give a fuck about you. They're willing to let people to die for let people die for their profit. And, and and the obesity epidemic in America is a great proxy for this because it was pushed by food processors, food manufacturers, the corn industry, sugar, et cetera, et cetera. And then they got the food pyramid to have grains and, and carbs as the base of the food pyramid, is and that's what you should be eating more than anything. And that's led to America being the fattest nation on earth. Don't worry, Mexico beat us out a few years ago. And America, fortunately, at this point, has passed peak obesity. So, like, there might be this period of just vaccine craziness until we go, yeah, we don't really need that. History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. Ed Vallejo, I've opted to retain my natal DNA structure. Thank you very much. Uh, CNN.com, a teacher is suing an Arizona school district for implementing a mask mandate despite governor's ban. Interesting. Uh, up next from FoxNews.com, Secretary of Defense Austin to announce mandatory vaccine policy for all active duty military. Biden urges all federal employees to get vaccinated. Remember, even when they made this available to everybody in the military relatively early on in the vaccine rollout, there was significant uh, refusal within the military. So uh, the mandate, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Wall Street Journal, the dystopian quarantines that crushed Olympic dreams. Isolation exacerbated the devastation felt by athletes who tested positive for COVID-19 in Tokyo. One athlete built a companion named Bob for company. Yeah. Three days into her COVID quarantine, Reshmi Ugin built Bob by stuffing her Taekwondo uniform with toilet paper, foam rollers, and clothes. She said she wanted a companion. Creepy. Cool. Crazy shit. Uh, the, the story of this year's Olympics being told through the lens of COVID is going to be very interesting over the years. The Washington Free Beacon at freebeacon.com. We go now to the implications economically from all this COVID shit. Uh, infrastructure bill would require alcohol monitors for all new cars. As if it wasn't bad enough that government regulation was in every element of your vehicle. Advanced monitoring systems track drivers' blood alcohol concentration and can prevent motor vehicle operation. Now, the thing is, I'm not actually against this in concept if it was an insurance thing, right? Like, if government got out of the auto industry entirely, an insurance company said, well, your insurance will cost $200 yes, less per year if you have one of these built into your car that just guarantees you never drive drunk. That's cool. That like, If there's a mechanism of doing it voluntarily like that, but when it comes in through the gov government, through mandates, through economic bullying, basically bribery, they're going to steal your money as a taxpayer and then give it with conditions that you don't have any say in to corporation. And it's not just for the corporations. Or, or to them, like they're trying to control, like they're trying to make it look that way. Because that's part of, they do stuff like that every now and then to maintain that mythology that, you know, government protects you from corporations bullshit. But it, it's really, of course, to keep out smaller manufacturers, right? Well, if you can shift over and put this in, and this is why we have uh, in, in, you know, the auto industry in the United States today, we have a very weird mix of uh, communism. And because we have, we have, you know, most of the planks of the communist manifesto in effect, uh, but not full operation by government. But we, but we also have, uh, you know, with a weird hybrid of certain free market forces in the aftermarket for vehicles. 
But when it comes to the manufacturing, the regulation, and even of a lot of that, like I tried to sell a vehicle yesterday and I still had my, apparently my title's not valid because uh, I never paid the government off when I bought the car. I paid the people who own the car for the car. And because I didn't pay the government off to get a proper title, I can't sell it until I pay the government off. And it's like, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. This is going to be a pirate car then. This is going to be another renegade vehicle with expired tags. I'm just going to drive around here and just carry the title with it and be like, yeah, fucking pull me over. I dare you. We're probably going to put like a giant Jolly Roger on it or something, just so people know. And, you know Ash Fork Police Department, Juniper Wood, Pirate Republic. Cron.com, Spirit canceled most flights Wednesday amid days-long disruption for strained air carriers. Spirit Airlines canceled 60% of its flights Wednesday and apologized to customers for severe disruptions in recent days. The latest in ongoing issues for air travelers seeking normalcy as airlines struggle to bounce back from pandemic lows. Yeah. Babylon crumbling. Fun, quick political headline. Biden, you know, our president, uh, your, your president, calls on Cuomo to resign after bombshell sexual harassment report. President Joe Biden called on Democratic New York Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign Tuesday following a report that Cuomo sexually harassed 11 women. He should resign. Yeah, so that's an interesting turning point for him there. Akis, for $5, weighing in with a super chat, when will you libertarians get rid of clowns like Joe Exotic, who never child sex apologist, and the likes of people finally take you seriously? Um I don't take your question seriously if you don't apply the same bullshit standard of guilt by association to the Democrats and Republicans, because anybody paying attention isn't judging the Libertarian Party based on Joe Exotic and some weird esoteric intellectual views held by some members of the party about age of consent, because they're looking at the Republicans as fucking actual criminals. They're looking at Joe Biden as a guy who pinched the nipple of a, of a, of a child on camera, who's engineering a system that allows for widespread child sex trafficking. So no, no, I can't take your question seriously if you're going to impose some bullshit false premise like guilt by association to the Libertarian Party when uh, you're not looking halfway honestly at uh, Republicans and, and Democrats. And so uh, with that, oh man, we have a handful more headlines. We're going to hopefully we get to a little bit after the guest. We'll see how long we go. Uh, we got them for 30 minutes at least, but I have a feeling we are going to be able to ga- bait uh, our friend, the Cajun Libertarian, into speaking with us longer since we're talking about the murder cult. So, <clears throat> uh, Ed, if Ed doesn't have anything critical, we our guest is ready. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is the Cajun Libertarian. He hosts a podcast, The Cajun Libertarian, that highlights activism at the grassroots level, interviewing libertarians and politicians from all over the country. He's also the co-host of The Cajun and Eskimo Show, from bayous to igloos, which should be easier to remember because it flows so well and it's so well composed. But somehow I fuck it up every time unless I'm reading it like I am now, like a good host. Uh, With the Eskimo Libertarian and Muddy Waters Media, I had the pleasure of hanging out with Noel in uh, in Tunica in Mississippi at uh, an event hosted by the Mississippi Libertarian Party. And uh, you did a great job emceeing in a challenging environment weird sort of like quasi COVID event, yeah. man, it was, now. so, um, welcome to the show. 
Thank you. Thank you, Adam, for having me on. Hey, I'd like to give you a shout real quick because uh, you were there for that entire event. And some of that entire event was very effing boring. What was <laughs> not boring? Adam Kokesh's speech. Thank God <laughs> that we moved you to the four o'clock slot and woke everybody to F. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I hope anybody planning libertarian events takes note. I, I'm jealous, though, uh, because people now like they, they, they want to put me in as a headline or a feature yeah. speaker. But being the MC is so much more fun. You yeah. get to tell dumb jokes about every speaker like <laughs> right after their speech. Yeah. That's anyway, you looked like you were having fun. I thought that yeah. was cool. Um, yeah. But I understand that it was it was it was a weird event um, because and and by the way, shout out. Also, I got to point out to uh, to Spike Cohen for being there and Jimmy Smith, the other headliner. But really, in his case, doing something special as an yeah. NFL potential Hall of Famer who's like oh, on, on the verge. Uh, I forget whatever his exact stat. I don't I don't particularly care about the NFL Hall of Fame approval process, but I care that they tried to keep him out because of cannabis activism and that he was willing to stand up publicly and risk having NFL smoke blown up his ass to, to tell the truth about cannabis in the NFL. I think that's huge. One hundred percent. And uh, we're dealing with that. That's a real issue. You got to hear about that firsthand here in Mississippi. How we've got people all over the country, cannabis activists. And uh, we have cannabis shops and, and, and stores everywhere. But here in Mississippi, people are still getting arrested, incarcerated for many, many years just for the flower. It's absolutely insane. And big shout out to Jimmy Smith for putting his uh, potential Hall of Fame inductee status on the line to speak out for cannabis activism, which um, I'm a huge advocate for. And Adam is. And, and we spoke about that in Tunica as well. So thank you for highlighting that. We got to get that shit changed ASAP. Yeah, no, and it was the other thing about that event that was interesting. It it felt like a coming out of COVID event. You know, one of the things that was so cool about Vicky Rose's work and putting it together was she got an amazing venue. It was so cool. Um, this uh, side room, what it's a, it's like a blues concert venue right. at the the Tunica Resort. And uh, the casino staff were awesome. They were very happy to have the business, but it was still like below capacity. It was still under the cloud of COVID. Uh, people were playing poker, but like half of them had masks on. It was kind of weird. And people that were there were still we, most of the casino crowd was like, "Fuck it, we're over this shit." But it was, and and now it's it's. So I don't. I want, but I you know we're going to talk about the murder cult. We're going to hack into that deep today, but I want to give you the chance to, to share your insights about, you know, where you live and, 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 and that whole region of the country, uh, because there is an interesting vaccine resistance there, which I, I 100% support because it's skepticism of this government racket one way or another. Um, but the, the, the whole experience there around COVID has been unique, hasn't it? it, it yeah, very much so. So Mississippi is very red, right? Um, Trump's going to win this state 10 out of 10 times with no questions to be had at all. Oddly enough, there are two areas that are in the state of Mississippi that are very blue. That is Jackson, Mississippi, and that is the Delta. Uh, the entire state, blue or red, regardless, has had a, an enormous pushback on vaccinations. Um, I, I think some of that's contributed to the fact that we never really shut down. And so, which is odd because the COVID shutdowns is how I got 
to become a, such a passionate activist, even though they didn't directly affect me. We never shut down in the state. There were some mm. businesses that closed for a little bit, maybe two weeks or so. A lot of people required masks for a long time, social dis social distancing. And so people are dropping dead left and right in the South. And this is a big blue wave conspiracy to kill Republican voters and tip the scales. No, no. People see through that hype there. Is is, is there now? So uh, you obviously have uh, more black Americans than than the rest of the country there as well. Big minority uh, population. I think about Tuskegee experiments as like, oh, yeah, black people going to trust American government health authorities again. Is that no, part of this? Not at all. I tell you, and with my job that I just, I'm coming home, this is actually lunch break. Uh, I talk to many new people every day. <laughs> every day I talk to many new people. The vast majority of those people are black Americans. The vast majority of those black Americans don't trust the vaccinations. They don't trust the government. They have every effing reason not to trust the government. None of us do. But then specifically, that demographic inherently has been oppressed and, and demonized by our federal government and our state's government. So they have every valid reason to question the vaccination process. They're, they're, they're trying to shove it down people's throats in other states. They're not doing that as much here. Uh, you're actually going to have more of the red, older white Republican community are the ones that are actually vaccinated here. It's, it's a very strange dynamic. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yep. So you've had a, I mean, it's kind of a cool perspective watching the rest of the country really go batshit and then have at least a significant chunk of their population turn into, you know, pro COVID mythology, COVID Karen's about it. You never really had that. Do you have any, I mean, does, does that give you any kind of unique insight perspective maybe to the rest of the country and, and and describe what do you mean by this region other than like, is is it Louisiana, Mississippi? Do do you go as far West as Houston in this cultural pocket you're describing Houston also huge black population. How, how do you you go, you know, all the way East to Pensacola? Uh, You definitely don't go into the main part of Florida, but describe this region. And then with, with that, how does that give you, uh, I think maybe some kind of unique perspective on the rest of America or the rest of the world going crazy. Right. So the region that I cover is going to be predominantly Mississippi with some parts of Alabama, Louisiana, and Tennessee. It doesn't go stretch that far out. Now, the most concentrated area that I operate in and meet these people every day is Jackson, Mississippi, which is, uh, I'd have to check the numbers, but it's obviously primarily black Americans here. Now, what I see in relation to the rest of the country is the difference in the COVIDian propaganda, right? I mean, it's just not shoved down our throats here that much. You've got people that are walking around outside, double masked by themselves. That's a thing. But when, like when I talked to Brian Nichols, who's in Philadelphia, he said he drives down the street and it's hard to find somebody not driving around in a car alone with a mask on. Here, it's exceptionally rare. Most of us are just Ooh. looking at you, we laugh, and we just, <laughs> that's kind of, that's stupid, but whatever, do your thing, right? That's not the case in the vast majority of the country. And I think that's basically due to propaganda being pushed by their local media, by national media. You get some of the pushback here, but it's not anything at all close to what it is in the rest of the country in, in, in my region, the Southern region. And, and there's another reason for that too, is that um, people down here have a much higher paramount when it comes to hospitality. How does that have anything to do with COVID? Right. Because we put a very significant um, priority on being hospitable and being nice to people. One of those ways is you it's very hard to be nice to somebody if you're wearing a damn mask. 
right? So people want to have a conversation. We open the door for each other. We all have random conversations at the gas station. Yeah. When you watch this exchange yeah. and you witness it in live, yeah. life, then you don't buy into the propaganda that the rest of the country is because we're not doing it here. We just yeah. live in our lives as normal. Few no, us no, have masks, yeah, no, it's a beautiful thing to celebrate in that sense, the, the Southern culture of hospitality. It, it you know, and it's, there are there I, people will pick this apart and you know com comedians make but well yeah but depending on what color you are obviously the culture of hospitality has survived and transcended the institution of slavery itself if not racism for the most part at this point not that it's not a thing there but uh i want to go back to your point about not being subjected to the same propaganda and right. I, I think there's there's a positive and a negative there. And I want you to comment sort of like how much of, of each, because obviously when you're talking about dense urban areas, the propaganda is naturally going to be more intense. Billboards, radio ads, you know, video billboards, mm -hmm. um, sign waivers, just a TV, like all of that. But it, uh, you can't say like people in the South are so connected to nature and outdoorsy that they don't watch TV like the rest of the country. Y'all still watch a lot of TV. Y'all still yeah. like your pro sports, right? You know, oh, yeah. um, so that that not being connected to propaganda, how much of that is the positive of skepticism that, that also goes with being with Southern culture, skepticism of authority? Um, you know, losing a civil war will do that to you uh, in, in a good way, at least as a silver lining. But how much of that is, is sort of the bad of just being kind of checked out, not as connected to the world at large or current events? Uh, that's going to have something to play. Right. But it's more you know, you nailed it. I mean, yes, we do love our outdoors here. We do kind of separate ourselves from some of the 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 TV, but we all still watch TV. You know, I walk into a lot of these apartments every day and people have CNN on or they have Fox on. It's the yep. same, same scenario. It's the, I walk into the, the manager's office and it's going to have CNN on. It's going to have Fox on. Some people are going to have ESPN. We still have all of the propaganda right there. But at the end of the day, people down here have been open. We have been exchanging in conversation with each other in gas stations, in Walmart, and people are not being wheeled out in corpse body bags like the news likes to put it or may, primarily the left wing side of the news but having that actual natural experience in real time this is what we get to see and it's also a big reason as to why i'm so passionate about having this message put out there is because through this entire event i have been working i've been working since last may uh, doing this job where i meet new people every day in new apartments in close quarters every single day i'm finding that the vast majority of people are starting to understand, look, everybody should, I haven't had a single person tell me I should or need to get the vaccine or should be band-aided. Every single person I've talked to said, Hey, your body, your choice, make your own decisions. I got the vaccine. My, I didn't, not me. Cajun libertarian is not getting the vaccine. I'm not going to be a test money for the, for the, uh, again. I was already that once. Uh, so I'm not going to be that test one. If you want to do that, go do that. And everybody down here understands and respects that. A lot of that has to do with the culture that comes with live with Southern living. Uh, we just respect people more. We give each other space more. I would like to keep the, the social distancing rule post COVID. If everybody's okay with that, please don't breathe down my effing neck in the gas station. Yeah, yeah. No, as, as a germaphobe too, there there are. I I am a, uh, to me. I do take it as a silver silver lining that everybody's a little bit more hygiene conscious. Like, yeah, that's nice. Uh, but 
I want to I want to just as a, as a contrast, and I I I celebrate the South. I don't mean to. I, I hope none of my criticism is seen as anything more than than thoughtful and loving. But uh, with obesity in the United States, I understand it also trended a little higher in some of those areas. And I think that provides uh, a good counterpoint for uh, the threat of COVID, where people yes. say, you know, people are dying of COVID. And it's like, well, I don't know. anybody. And now it's because now it's been a year and a half. How many people did you know died of normal shitty diet related causes versus died of COVID? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Most of the people, and I personally don't know a single person that's died from COVID. Um, I've been under the, of the understanding, and, and this was during my own studies before they came out with it, that obesity was going to be the leading factor when it comes to COVID death. Uh, we have a huge obesity problem in the South. A lot of that's due to the fact that we love food, right? We love food. More importantly, we love fried food. And so, diet, yeah. we're, we lead the country. I think Mississippi, Louisiana. Leads the country in obesity, leads the country in diabetes. I'm a type one diabetic. Now that was due to an injury and not uh, my diet, but mm. a lot of people down here struggle with diabetes. Um, a lot of people struggle with weight and COVID's going to hit them harder, but our numbers don't look any different than anybody else's. We've been open the whole time. Half the people aren't getting vaccinated here. I think we're one of the lowest vaccinated states. If we're not the lowest vaccinated state, I know several people, including my dad, who was hospitalized with COVID. He is also a type 1 diabetic. Uh, he was in there about four days, five days, and he's 60 years old, type 1 diabetic, and he was out. He said it sucked. It was terrible, but he was out. And I think everybody's experienced the, the same thing. We're starting to see, like, yes, this is a very real illness. Yes, this can be very detrimental for a very specific demographic of people, mainly the elderly and mainly the sick. How do yeah. How is that any different than any other illness, Adam? Okay, okay. So, uh, I want I, we've got you on for thirty today. Is, can you go a little longer to get into this? Good. Okay, good. Because I, I want to I want to give you a chance to uh, lay out your military credentials and then uh, talk about your understanding of what happened on Twitter this morning in the uh, what? I haven't seen it yet. You. Oh, this is from oh, it was from yesterday. Excuse me. Oh, Your participation oh. in this was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we did a uh, show last night. Okay, uh, but the whole the whole uh, hashtag murder cult conversation seems to have blown up just a little bit for me. For me, it blew up this morning. Excuse me. Excuse me for my my mis chronology here. Uh, but yes, we but we also want to get your full take on this and and examine that. Um, and then bring in our co-host and producer who are also veterans. So it, we'll start with that then. Lay out your uh, your military experience for us, please. Yeah, very much so. All right. Um, my military experience is very short. And it also is going to make me a real libertarian. I was yeah. in the Navy. I was in, Adam, you're going to appreciate this. I was a Navy corpsman. And so people yeah. ask me all the time. They're like, oh, were you, you were a squid. Yes and no. I was a hybrid. Uh, I went to core school. Well, I went to boot camp, Chicago, core school in Chicago. And I went down to Pensacola where I went to aerospace medicine school was my first C school. My second C school was field medicine training, which as you very well know, Adam, that's when the or Navy corpsman put on a Marine Corps uniform and like to go kick in doors with Marines. I didn't yeah. ever have to go overseas uh, because my aerospace medicine schooling was first. I actually got stationed at a Marine Corps air, uh, Cherry Point Air Station. Is where I was supposed to go. Now, not long after all the training, 
Um, I did work in a ton of hospitals and a ton of clinics through through my military career with the Navy. But uh, I actually wound up getting prematurely evicted from my job in the military for, you know it, hookers and blow. So, yeah, yeah, the military does not like you to test positive for cocaine. And so. I thought you test positive for for hookers. You you didn't test positive. How did you test positive for hookers? I didn't test positive for the hookers, but I was with hookers while I was doing cocaine. (laughs) Also, fun fact, if you're in the military, which I do not advise a single person to join. Do not do that. That's a terrible idea. Um, But understand that if you're in the Marine Corps, they do these things called a 96, where you get a holiday for about four days, 96 hours. Long enough for cocaine to get out of your system. I thought so. I thought so. It didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, I actually turned down the weed, right? Now I feel like a dumbass because I wish I would have smoked the weed, but I looked at her like she was stupid. I'm like, no, of course not. That's going to be in my pee for 30 days and I'm fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but hey, let's, let's coke it up. And so um, barely failed the drug test, quite literally. So on average, you need about 10,000 nanograms of cocaine to pop on a military drug test. Uh, you need at least 100 nanograms of cocaine for it to register. I registered at 120. Yeah. All right. So you said like the, the most libertarian thing in my brain started turning on that going like, wait, wait, wait. The most libertarian military resume would be you join military intelligence. And while you were under uh, preparation to get deployed, you became a whistleblower while going through conscientious objector status and then <laughs> fucked the general's daughter on his desk while doing all the drugs and getting caught in order to accelerate the process. Would that yeah. be that would be the most mili- the most libertarian military yeah. resume right there? Something that like that. That would be the most. That would be yeah. I'm just saying yeah. I qualify as a real libertarian because yeah. I keep yeah. you're, you're just still like in the realm of realistic. You're still like <laughs> top percentile for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um so w- Maybe, you know, before we examine the the term murder cult, um, give us your, you know, like your quickly, please, or briefly, your uh, sort of awakening and how you describe your current libertarian philosophical grounding. Yeah. So when it comes to the military industrial complex, I just heard about this hashtag murder cult thing yesterday. I didn't I didn't realize that's what it was. I actually didn't take super offense to that term. What I heard from the back channels, and I've experienced this uh, since coming into this movement in very rare pockets, but it's not an isolated incident. Um, I, I'm not a big, again, I don't know about the murder cult hashtag thing. I just found that out yesterday. What I've seen that I condemn is people shitting on individual veterans for joining, calling us indiv- as individuals uh, murderers, and we got our brothers and sisters overseas. Uh, killed and, and brown people slaughtered because just the fact that we joined and that we should be labeled as individuals as this. That I completely condemn. I will not have any part of that. And I shot that down on my show last night. Now, does our military industrial complex need heavy, heavy criticism? Absolutely. Are we involved in foreign wars that we shouldn't be? Absolutely. Warheads on foreheads needs to go. Troops need to come back home. I still believe in the military, but I want them here. Well, hold on, hold on. So this, this, let me let me let me interject for an important point here. You say you still believe in the military. Why are you? Why why are you a socialist when it comes to the most important function in society of defense? When when the then not only are you taking an anti-freedom position by being pro-military, you're taking an anti-American position in the sense that the founders of this country were against a standing army, and they said that the militia 
was the essential defense of a free people, that militaries defended governments and, and tyrants, as they, they knew from their experience in, with the kings of Europe. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not pro-military. I don't want it to come off as that. I'm saying a national defense is something that's needed. Can we reevaluate what that looks like? I'm, I'm on board, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you said a military. You said a military. So, so you would say oh, you support... So you would support having... Uh, uh, getting rid of getting the government completely out of the military, basically, right? You'd say we could have a national defense or military. Sorry, I said I am for exploring that idea. Yes, I am. Very okay, much. so and, and I mean you. Okay, so you, you see that at least as a, a as a positive uh, step for. Okay, well then then we're more or less on the same page, and we can we can look at uh, what I think is the important way to look at this term, the murder cult. But um, to the Twitter dust up. You wrote, endorsed, stop shitting on veterans, signed Proud Libertarian Veteran yesterday in, in a retweet of not a real bootleg libertarian saying, if you are of this belief, go find a new party. And the belief I believe he was referring to, because all he captioned with was responding to it, well, uh, Bull Johnson, who, who we both know, uh, well, at least they do not call the U.S. military a murder cult. Um, and so, like, kicking people out of the party suggests we believe the party? Uh, or... No, no, no. I, I, and that, again, that is absolutely missing context. The, the, the whole issue wasn't actually that term. I, I think Travis might have took offense to the murder cult term. Again, it was something I just heard yesterday. That was not what we were addressing. What we were addressing is actual context of the matter. The fact that these people we've heard were just shitting on individuals and not the government. Let's shit on the government, not the people that the government has abused. Probably the worst, some of the worst of us would be our veterans. That I'm well, not okay with. So there's the missing context there. Okay, so even there, that so even there, Cajun, I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to interject with with what I hope is, I, I think, some much needed clarification, yeah. because it, it, you sound like muddied waters here. I know it sounds like it, like like a like a muddied premise when when you confuse those concepts and say, well, you can't condemn someone for being in the military. And first of all, one thing that's important is to respect the reality of the victimhood of someone who was lied to, who has propagandized their entire childhood with militaristic pro-war bullshit and Hollywood glorification of the murder cult. And then say, well, you know, so to, to, to say that it's it's your fault for joining the murder cult because you wanted to be murderous and a cult member like that's different and and I think that it's it's not the person it's versus the institution it's the action because I think there's an inclination here to try to defend the individual and somehow because they were in the military well you got to acknowledge well, then they're a victim and they committed murder under the duress of fraud so to speak. Or if they didn't actually commit it, they were they were a part of the machine and part of this bad policy because they were a victim of that fraud. So I, I what is, you know, shitting on individual veterans? I think we should be able to shit on individual veteran actions when it's like, yes, I am I, Adam Kokesh, as a Fallujah combat veteran and, and someone who who followed orders I should have refused, I am a war criminal and I was a party to a much bigger war crime. You know, I think that acknowledgement, does, does that distinction no, 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 no. I'm okay seem important that. in this? 
also it's important to understand that this person was not and in any person that i've heard involved in this has never drawn that line it, i never fired a weapon at a single person while i was in the military so why would i be painted with the same brush again i was never attacked on it i'm just coming to the defense of of brothers and again i'm not trying to lift anybody up for being veterans this is solely that's what happened that's what they did let's let's focus on what we got to do in, in chiseling down the government and not disrespecting people that made bad decisions even though they didn't make, didn't realize they were making a bad decision just by simply signing the line let's okay so the next part of this the next part of this tweet that you endorsed is you can say the military is misused do you believe the military is misused Absolutely. 100% to the worst degree. I don't, I don't know if we, maybe a murder cult's the right terminology. I think that's bad messaging too, by the way. I think we no, need to make sure. But, that oh, we'll come back to that. But right. what is the purpose of the military? What is it supposed to be? No, what no. What is the actual purpose of the military as, as we know it today? As we know it today is obviously to kill people for money. So then it's being used properly. Well, if that was the intent, that's not supposed to be the intention, though, is it? But that always, see, now this is where I think you might have a, the misunderstanding of history and the understanding of the coup of 1789 is so important because the actual institution of the standing army right. was the perversion of uh, the, the, the birth of the modern military, right? As we know it, the, the, the perversion of the American defense from a militia based defense to a standing right. army based defense and the intent from the very beginning was essentially protect the new central bank. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're at now, but that's not the intention of the original military. And I know no, that's, that was the intention of the original military. That's what I'm saying. The origination of the military the in the army. United States was with the illegal institution of our current constitution to overthrow the articles of confederation in 1789 coercively by Hamilton and the other criminals who wanted to create a stronger central authority in order to create a central bank and a standing army. Okay, and the original purpose of the U.S. military institutionally under that was protect the central bank. So what, what do you think our military should be intentionally doing? I don't think we should have a military. We should have a militia. I think we should, I think, because to me, and this might be definitional, but we should not have socialist or socialized or communist style defense system. We should have a market-based voluntary defense system. And that right now with today's technology would look a lot like, a lot more like the militia, but might also look like a network of militias. It might look like a lot of high-tech terrorism detection deterrence you know, organized through voluntary association by militias, by defense service providers who are accountable directly to the people rather than accountable to politicians through the military industrial complex who they end up buying off to commit, you know, murder to continue that whole system and the rich get richer at the expense of everybody else. And you go, well, shit, the rich get richer at the expense of everybody else. That sounds like the purpose of government itself. And the military has always been instituted to defend that system uh so i i you know as as someone i this is where i'm like man i'm talking to me from 10 years ago adam be nicer you know um because you know i was i was i, I th those were Im important principles for me to embrace and big elements of my own 
preconceived notions about statism and militarism that I had to let go of. And there's a look, I've this is one of the things that I think has made me semi popular, if that's okay with that term. Uh, one of the things that's made me semi popular is my humility. There's a lot of the stuff that I don't know. I'm brand new here. I just started the Cajun Libertarian brand six months ago. I mean, so th this has gotten hot real fast. So a lot of the stuff I need to learn, right? Good. There's still a lot of things that I need to drive out. I have never explored this concept. I'm just a person that cares a lot about people. You'll never hear me say I hate people because that's just not me. I don't. I love people. I love talking to people. I love talking to you. I love being corrected and being educated. This is incredible. But what I don't want is terrible messaging for our movement and our party. And that, that's a lot of what this is because I have a lot of right-leaning people in this state and in this area. And if they hear terms like murder cult being associated with our military members, our, our specifically individual veterans. If we have this uh, mindset that we're floating out there as libertarians that we should, it's okay to just dump on every veteran, then we lose an entire swath of people that potentially could come in and be allies in our fight against the government when we right. get wrapped up in just little simple Okay, so like let me make the flip side argument to that. Uh, not, not just to play devil's advocate, because I, I don't want to dismiss it entirely, but Let's say the powers that be who have the best mathematicians and, and propagandists and analysts that literally money can buy, right? Because they can just print their own. If they said, oh, shit, the libertarians, when they use terms like murder cult that are slightly sensationalistic, but more importantly, factually correct and very direct and blunt and powerful, they are more effective at reaching people than if they use politically correct bullshit that we want them to use. Like, well, the military is bad and it's misused, but uh, we support the troops. It, let's 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 uh, let's send some sock puppets online to, to 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 tell them that we're offended as veterans by the term murder cult, and therefore we'll never support libertarians. And let's let's have a general strategy of of defeating our opposition, keeping the libertarian movement neutered by scaring them away from using effective, blunt, truthful messaging and make them self-conscious so that they do that. Now, there is a balance to this still. My, my, my pointing out the, the devil's uh, advocate case here does not mean that that's entirely true. We should throw caution to the wind and say, fuck it, let's curse in front of everybody. You know, like, no. Um, I curse in front of more people than one. It's just good messaging. Actually, people trust you more when you curse just just the right amount, you know. Um, and and I think if you were to come out and say, no, I I'm I'm a veteran, and the military was essentially a murder cult, and you said it in a, in a rational, credible way, who's going to go? Oh my God, you called it murder cult. I don't want to listen to you anymore. Do we really need those people? Do you really have that experience talking to people on the street? Or is this is this some self-conscious that you've gained from interacting with people on Twitter, perhaps? Not a valid question. It wouldn't be Twitter because I don't ever hardly use Twitter. You're much better at it than I am. I'm trying to get better with Twitter, but I'm just I'm, I'm bad at it. I'm over, I'm over on Facebook. But no, that is a valid concern. Here would be my answer to that. I want to find the gray area, right? Instead of the binary option of, oh, my effing God, murder cold and... Oh, support the troops 100%. I want to find the middle ground 
And as we introduce people into the movement, then we can gravitate and have the exact conversation that you just laid out, which I thought. Well, you don't, you don't know now. Now this is where I will I will play my experience card, because you want to say you're going to play the middle ground. That is that's been generally ineffective for me in my real actually talking to people activism, because we say I'm going to play the middle ground. You know, you're saying, hey, hey, man, do you have cancer? You know, are the Republicans and Democrats cancer? They sound like cancer. Yeah, you agree with me. Yeah, the Republicans, Democrats are cancer. Well, we, the libertarians, we're going to come out and we're going to cut out half of your cancer. But we'll leave the other half because to take all of it out would leave a power vacuum. It would be irresponsible. That would piss people off. That would be too much change too fast. We can't cut the whole tumor out. We have to leave half the tumor in. And then the people go, you sound fucking crazy. You made more sense when you were just calling this cancer. And and, and I was thinking that you were going to take it all out, that you were going to actually face up to the blunt truth of what statism is like bullshit, like this comment, Ashley Greer Smoot on YouTube, thinking we can survive without a military is ignorant. Well, first of all, my appeal to history and authorities that you're calling the founders of this country who were against the standing army ignorant. But you're also saying that we can't survive without socialism because that's what the military is compared to a militia. It's the socialized version of defense services. So you're saying we can't survive without socialism. I'm sorry. I believe in freedom. I believe in free markets. Uh, voluntary socialism, sure. You want to say that we need some defense, but even that is an absurd proposition in the interconnected world we live in where violence is on an historical decline. So um, back to, to where you were with this, with the with the terminology. Um, I know you're you're relatively new to this, um, so I, I would just invite you then to experiment and to be sensitive to this. And this is this would be my advice for all new advocates of libertarianism, finding out what works for you. I mean, what 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 we can say, what you and I can say as veterans. I mean, if one of our spindly vegan, you know, left libertarian colleagues went out and said, it's a murder cult. You know, some veterans are going to be like, fuck you. You know, you, you're not the messenger for this. You don't have the credibility with me. But what but, and, and someone like that might have to establish credibility with another veteran who's a state who's maybe maybe an unthinking statist who just knows something is deeply wrong but can't put their finger on it. Maybe you uh, or or, uh, or or as a woman talking to that veteran can have a different angle. That, that gets them to think deeper. But for you and me as veterans talking to veterans or talking to the general public, we can say murder cult. Oh, well, you don't care about him. Oh, fuck you. You know, got, got the, got, I even have the cult branding on my skin, you know? Um, so I don't know if that gives you any thoughts, but I want, I want to give yeah. you a chance to, to, to say anything else you want to raise on this, this issue. We have another, Ray and cap. We can survive without a military. We got hundred million gun owners. Yeah. And uh, we'd be a lot safer. You know, yeah, with a rifle yeah. behind every blade of grass than a rifle in the hand of every boot-licking goon. So um, I'm going to bring on our, our co-host and, and a producer. But before we do, I want to give you the chance to have, you know, your, your full thoughts on this. Yeah, I'll, I'll land it with this, really. Um, and, and I'll definitely explore some, use some of that experimentation you're talking about with kind of a, more of a direct, more blunt messaging. I haven't used that out in, out in the world. When I'm talking to people and I'm trying to recruit them in the liberty movement, I have actually had a lot of success finding out just where they're at. Not everybody's going to be able to relate to military talk. I rarely bring it up, 
Plus, I was kicked out for hookers and blows. It's just not something I talk about all the time. But um, that makes it I, a cooler story, man. <laughs> what I do enjoy, though, right? And I talk about this all the time and I promote it all the time. I think we're watching this happen right now is that everybody needs to find their role and their niche and what they're good at. Adam's extraordinarily good at this messaging that you're talking about and experimenting with that. And I'm, I'm for it. If that's working for you and that's pulling people and that's red pilling people, then amen. And hallelujah, you continue that. I've found a more pragmatic approach to it and it seems to be working right now. Now that also is going to be multi-layered with who you're talking to. I'm talking to you and I will go, Hey, murder cult. Let's talk about it. Cause we understand this. I'm not going to use that terminology with somebody I'm not comfortable with because I don't want them having the first thing they hear about libertarianism with libertarian party of liberty movement to be kind of shock messaging. But if I find out that they're good to go with it, then yeah. But I think it's, it's very important that we all find out exactly what we're good at, find out how we can communicate and articulate our messaging to the best of our ability and run with it. And we got to love so- each other. Yeah. Well, what, what, what did you mean by pragmatic there? Because I don't I can't imagine if your messaging is less effective, that it would somehow be more pragmatic. Oh, I didn't say it was less effective. No, I, I did. Found it to be very, I found it to be very effective. I like taking steps. I've always been kind of a pragmatic individual, even though I want kind of a chaotic ending to something. I will still take a pragmatic approach to get there. I want to peel back things layers at a time. That's just who I am. That's how I operate. That that's me as an individual, regardless. Yeah. Of See, I I think me. when you when you give in to the pressures of social media or even self consciousness that comes because people will resist. Like even when you're just talking to an average statist, they will resist with whatever false intellectual objection they can to defend their worldview. And for a lot of them they are going to criticize your messaging. Mm -hmm. But if they're engaging with you, your messaging has already been effective in, 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 in reaching them somehow. So if you go, Oh, well, I heard from this one guy who said murder cult was offensive and now I'm not going to use it from the next guy. Well, maybe you don't even connect with the next guy and that's a lot less pragmatic. And so sometimes pussyfooting around the truth isn't pragmatic. And, and I think that's the, if there's one thing I've learned from my decade and a half of activism is that you have to find a way to be as blunt and direct, as truthful as possible while being tactful and using a style that connects with your audience. And murder cult, the words aren't offensive. If there's an offense in that, it's the ideas, which means it's a more pragmatic and effective way to insert those ideas and challenge people's worship of the murder cult. And I, I, I think, if anything, a lot of people who are new to this, like yourself, are unduly swayed by the arguments from self-consciousness and then tip the balance away from telling the truth bluntly. That's why I care about figuring out the issue of the term murder cult and the issues around it, why they're so interesting to me. And there might be a real opportunity here to confront militarism as a movement, as a group of libertarian veterans by everybody coming together and like, yeah, we're going to confront the murder cult now. 
We're going to call it what it is. It's not sensationalistic. It's direct. If that's sensationalistic to you, it's because your sensational cultism is being challenged. Your worship of the state, your worship of the military is being challenged. Anyway, with that, I want to bring uh, Jim and Ed into the conversation here uh, and, and, and make sure we, we beat this horse thoroughly to death as any good militarist would. Um, Jim? Uh, okay. All right. Uh, a few things I can think of on the topic. I think one, I kind of see both sides. Obviously, I, you know, not to not to say anything about Cajun libertarian, but I lean more towards Adam's argument. But I, I see a few things here just rolling around in my mind, like circumstances. Everything's circumstantial. So I'm picturing the person that uh, it, to, it that has the same reaction to like if you step on a flag or something. They're just they go into a rage and they stop listening to anything you say and they don't want to hear it. You said, Adam said something about, do we really want those people? Do we want to reach those people? Well, in reality, honestly, yeah, we kind of do. And maybe Cajun Libertarian is just suggesting certain people, he, he's, he's not saying he'll never use the murder cult hashtag or whatever when talking to somebody. But if he's talking to somebody that if I walked up and said, hey, the American military is a murder cult, and that's going to cause that person who's so brainwashed and CNN watching that they say, oh, I'm not going to listen to another word you say. I completely block you out because of that statement was so flabbergasting. And instead, he says, I start a conversation with Socratic questions that are lighter. And then eventually, maybe 10 minutes into the conversation, I can say, so you see how some people would say it's a murder cult. You know what I mean? And then presenting it to him like that instead of just saying, no, the American military is a murder cult. And if you don't believe it, fuck you. you know, yeah, no, Jim, I think we, we definitely agree. We don't want to go scream right. this at troops. This is not an accusatory term, but it's an important intellectual understanding right. of what the military represents. And even though we don't want to go like proactively screaming at people, maybe on social media, we want to scream it out because it gets people going, what are they talking about? What do yeah. they mean? Social that, media, that's I on agree. social media. Everything on the internet is sensationalist and exaggerated. On and on the internet, it's no big deal and could in that sense be a powerful outreach tool. So I think we're on the same page and we're all saying like, no, we're not going to use this like your baby killers. We're not going to use this in that kind of accusatory sensational way but we do want to use it in an intellectual political context to affirm the reality of what the military is Ed? and one, one more thing before we get to add really quick lastly i think it has a play something else that plays a role is the amount of activism time like you pointed out you've been doing this so long you're so well articulated articulating you're so good at articulating what you want to say and you have this argument down, you have all the history and everything memorized and knowledge. Whereas Cajun libertarians a little bit newer, he might be a little bit more scared to bring that conversation up because he doesn't, you know, he'll be, he'll get hit with, with questions that he doesn't know how to respond to like you do necessarily. So he's afraid he'll lose the debate, so to speak. Yeah. You know it's, what I mean? But don't be afraid. Don't case, be afraid. I would, that, to that argument, I say, yes, you are, you are right or representing new libertarians, you are right to be cautious, perhaps, in some of your assertions if you can't back them up. But compromising ethics because you don't have the intellectual depth to answer every objection and answer all the history doesn't mean you should compromise on principle one bit. And that worries me. And it worries me about the effectiveness of new libertarians because sometimes they don't have the confidence to, to shoot down the bullshit historical arguments in a way that a, liber, uh, a statist goes, 
oh shit, you're right. I got to look that up. You know, you, you might compromise on principle and then loudly advocate for compromise principle. And that, that seems very, uh, unpragmatic. Um, Let me say this too. So it's not a matter of intellectual depth. It is a matter of, uh, knowledge retention that I just haven't come across some of the, the information and I need to learn it. That's not what I'm, it is very important what I'm specifically talking to when I take these pragmatic approaches to the philosophical side of the conversation is I'm talking to new people that I've just met in real time. I'm not talking about the internet. I'm talking about the strangers that I meet face to face every day that I'm taking care of their apartment and their unit. And I be able to have this conversation of Liberty with them. That's I'm addressing that specifically. By the way, the best way to do this to lag is, is an icebreaker to see what kind of conversation you can have someone with someone is tell dumb libertarian dad jokes to strangers everywhere you go. <laughs> I love it. I, I like it. I'm, I'm not I'm not joking. I'm dead. Like you go to the dollar store and you see that some product is dumb or it's got some weird government warning label on it or about buying cigarettes behind the counter. And you can make some joke with the clerk about, oh, well, it's a good thing. Government is here to protect us from cancer, you know, and see how they respond to stuff like that. Uh, Jim Lee, Adam lives in the libertarian utopia. Bring the troops home first. We need to change direction first. Uh, that's that's a cut out half the cancer argument. I will not accept an argument to cut out half the cancer. Um, uh, Ed, he's muted. You're muted, Ed. <laughs> good, good co-host is muted. Okay, uh, and once again. It's know your audience, okay? There are people that you can say, you know, military is a death cult, and they're going to jump in and say, damn right they are. But there are people that are like Mr. Lee from, uh, from YouTube here that is going to have a little bit of a different tact on it, and you can approach them with the same thing, but if you do it in a different way, you'll still be able to get to them, Okay. It's, it's in, in, in any case, it's know your audience as you feel your audience out first with you see where they are, where they're coming from. And then you can either ease it in there or you can smack them in the face with it. It depends Wait, on what this you is where what every every veteran can say, I am a recovering murder cult member or a former member of the murder cult. And no one's going to question you. No one, anybody who would have that negative response will at least kiss your ass enough as a veteran to hear you out, right? So for veterans, and I think this is this is our calling in the libertarian movement to be the tip of the spear confronting militarism itself. I think it's regardless of what messaging strategy you take for whatever circumstance, I think it's all the more important that we as veterans play that card and not pull any punches. Yeah. I think it's also important to note that our country as a whole, left, right, middle, doesn't matter. We're all coming to the consensus that for the majority of us, we want them home, right? So it's an, that's an easy segue into a conversation with somebody who's red or blue, right? And they're not liberty-minded. You can have that conversation. You can strike that conversation. Something that I do every day with people is I get to talking with them about the, what their issues are in their apartment where we dive off into life and I can find a way every single freaking time to say the government shouldn't be doing that in your life right now. They shouldn't do See, that. See, that's, that's great. I don't know how much you want to talk about your day job, but using that kind of experience and, and it's not just customer service in public at a counter, going into other people's homes like you're talking about, you do get a very good realistic sampling. 
And I used to have that, you know, when I'm campaigning, when I'm here in Gardenia and talking to libertarians on the internet, I get redistorted, you know, but I still go out. Like when I go to town, I tell those dumb libertarian dad jokes. I tell, I have casual conversations. You know, I give people my cards sometimes when it goes well. Um, and I, and I want to encourage everybody to do that. So I, we'll do one quick round here. Um, we'll, 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 we'll do the same order. What am I doing? I'm doing it backwards now. This mm -hmm. way. Yeah, that that way. Uh, and, and end with Cajun again. Uh, what do you think is the potential effective usage of the term murder cult? Jim. Uh, awakening and realization and understanding, I, I think, uh, eventually. I mean, I understand the shock value argument and I understand the scare value, but motherfuckers need to be scared we're in a time where motherfuckers need to be shocked they need to be talked to like woken up they need to be slapped upside the head they need to be it needs to be said this is something that needs to be said and my uh, like i like little uh uh little jokes like if you're on a bus and there's a sign that says u.s military you lean over to your neighbor and say hey isn't that funny uh they spelled terrorists wrong that's what I always do, shit like that, and it, and like and then just walk away and let it be a seed planted. Why would he call the U.S. military a terrorist? You know, it's just shit like that. And instead, use uh, military, use a murder cult. Look, they spelled murder cult wrong. You know, yeah. every time yeah, anywhere yeah, yeah. you see the word military or army or navy or whatever. Look, they spell yeah. murder cult wrong. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the directness away. of the term murder cult, in contrast to the, the military that we worship, is so over the top because the propaganda is so ridiculous that that contrast can be a great humorous way to to show that right yeah i was gonna say i would suggest using humor to introduce yeah. it instead of slapping someone with it try to find a way to introduce murder cult as humor and then when they say what the hell are you talking about you Why can use your logic and reason way? to yeah. right 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 because it's true <laughs> all right and the only way we will not be shepherded by people with guns is to arm ourselves and take the guns away from those people. You know, when you when you ran for president on the idea of eliminating the federal government, I jumped on board 100% because I I'm all for trashing the whole thing, getting together with everybody and coming up with a system that is more secure and more reliable than the one that we currently are being tortured with. The illegitimate authority that currently wields power in the United States of America fills me with fear that they're going to use the might of the American military against the people themselves and when they do that, then we're going to tear ourselves apart to a point where the rest of the world are going to come in and feast on our remains. Cajun? That's intense. <laughs> right? Uh, so here's what I, I, if we're going to use the term, then, then great. I just want to make sure that we're applying it to the military industrial complex and not the individual veteran. That was my only argument from mm -hmm. the beginning. But if we have, if viewing that through the right contextual lens and that the military industrial complex is in fact a murderous gang, a global murderous gang, then we need to be able to red pill people with that kind of terminology, right? We need to be able to use some of that 
as long as for me personally, I'm not telling anybody else what to do. As long as we're injecting it into their minds through the context of the fact that we're talking about the war machine and not Adam Kokesh, not Cajun Libertarian, not Jim, not Dale. Yeah, so I just have one more thing to add to this because neither none of y'all hit on this point exactly. The reason I think the usage of that term is so powerful, murder cult, and those two words together is one, murder acknowledges the significance and the depth of the evil that is the worst the military has committed and is capable of and is used for and is being planned to be used for. And two, the use of the word cult creates a victim concept in the members that you were sucked into a cult. You were converted to a cult mentality. You were lied to, you were propagandized and you can be deprogrammed. You can deprogram yourself. You can escape the cult and the framing of it as a cult, the acknowledgement of it as a cult helps veterans and active duty guys right now separate themselves from the emotional attachment and the sentimentality of being in the military. And that is absolutely critical to overcoming militarism, both of those things. Putting them together in one term to confront this evil as, as an institution, I think has a lot of potential. I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm excited to explore it. Uh, Noel, it's your interview. The last word is yours, sir. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate you having me on board here. Um, I've had a ton of fun, dude. This has been great. Uh, I, I can't wait to further the discussion on this specific topic further with you. Um, thank you for having me on here. Uh, thank you for, for doing what you do in Jim and Ed as well. Yeah, there's my website there. You can go check out merchandise. I'll be putting blogs on everything. Uh, www.cajunlibertarian.com. Also, if you just Google me, I am the only Cajun Libertarian on the planet. So you can find out how to follow me everywhere and anywhere. And we can uh, learn together. That's I started this literally to have people like you on my show so that I could learn, right? Like if people, I still tell this to people. I'm not patient enough for that. You're going to come on my show and learn, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I actually asked you to come on my show and then he messages me to come on. I'm like, all right, we'll do let's do it. I, I want to go into the flame. I want to go into the belly of the beast because uh, yes, absolutely. I am here to learn alongside with everybody. We all offer different things to the table. And we can all glean from from the wheat and the grain and the fruit and the sweets that we're all dropping off. And I'm here for it. I am absolutely here for it. Well said. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out, CajunLibertarian.com. There it is. Appreciate your time today. All right, it's Thank Thursday. You. We still have to catch up on headlines. Get these out of the way before Good News Friday, right? So we got a few minutes left. We're going to get some skimming done here. The U.S. Sun. I mentioned this story a couple times already this week. Siege toll. Really, is this the place for weird journalistic double entendres? Fourth Capitol riot cop confirmed dead by suicide just hours after fellow hero officer's tragic death is revealed. A fourth law enforcement officer who responded to the January 6th Capitol riots has died by suicide. Officer Kyle DeFrytag, 26, was found dead on July 10 with Metro Police confirming his death in a statement on Monday. Yeah, yeah, no, they've gone too far. You can't, you can't just keep suiciding people like this. Even internationally, it seems like this is the new form of, of trying to cover up murder. Like, we want you to know that this person was murdered, but we want to get away with it. We're just going to make it look like a suicide. France24.com, Belarus dissident found hanged in Ukraine. 
police open murder case. I don't know if there's a trend here, um, but I'm I'm certainly interested as I'm seeing at least the start of a trend in the United States, uh, but also internationally. And really, he shot himself twice in the back of the head. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, New York, CBSLocal.com, Nassau County Legislature passes controversial bill allowing police to sue protesters. Yeah, that's that's really what we needed. From CBS SF, San Francisco Bay Area update, new poll shows Newsom facing near dead heat and recall election. Yes, very exciting to be following the recall election in California, the possibility of replacing Governor Newsom, possibility of getting a Republican governor in California. I love the Republican Party, but it's just I like to watch Californians squirm. Uh, no, and the upheaval is good. The potential is good here. I have three candidates I'm still excited about supporting in this race, and none of them are Republican. Wait, that's not true. Nicholas Wildstar running as the Libertarian Republican, our friend there. Uh, much more inclined. Oh, happy to interview him and support him, of course. But much more inclined to support a Libertarian candidate for governor. Uh, Jeff Hewitt, Riverside County Supervisor. And Louis Marinelli might be my first choice because he's the secessionist governor platform candidate. Very exciting uh, to see what's going on with that. So we will be coming, uh, coming back to that story. Um, also in California. From grist.org, as wildfires worsen, more California farms are deemed too risky to insure. The skyrocketing cost of fire insurance foreshadows a larger confrontation over so-called managed retreat. And this is, it, it, we don't see it so directly in our daily lives because you're still buying food at the grocery store, but the great conglomeratization, is that the word? The uh, centralization of farming resources in the hands of a few mega agribusinesses is, is really destructive for America. And it's like we're seeing this in real time around insurance and wildfires. Fuck. Uh, also on that subject, NBCnews.com wildfires, wildfire takes aim at Northern California town leveling businesses and homes. There was no official damage assessments for Greenville, but video in the area showed gutted and collapsed buildings after the Dixie fire entered. There's some interesting conspiracy or, or theory coming out in the news now where they're trying to pin uh, potential uh, fires on a Navy SEAL dropout. We'll come back to that next week. San Diego Union Tribune. Drought plagued northern New Mexico. Tens of thousands of cows are starving to death. Uh, never have we seen... Oh, this picture's gross. Don't scroll down, Jim. Um, there's... Uh, you know, the, the shifting weather patterns combined with modern agribusiness and our ability to track it like never before is leading to some interesting uh, sensitivities where we see things like this and we get to, to go, wow, you know, we re really need to rethink this system. AP News, interesting. Olympics quirk. Mao pins worn by Chinese athletes may test Olympic rules. Yeah, the image of... Communist China's founding leader Mao Zedong made an unscheduled appearance at the Tokyo Olympics, and the International Olympic Committee said Tuesday it is looking into the matter. Very interesting. I'm just disappointed about the whole political whitewashing of, of this for corporate bullshit and to support nationalism. Uh, Vice.com, you know, we're going to bring all these athletes together. We're going we're to put gag orders on them so they can't talk about anything meaningful politically. Empty matter on Twitch. 
of course, what do you think of Larry Elder? I like him as a destabilizing force. I like him like personally, genuinely, whatever. I don't but Republican, still mainstream conservative. If he's the opportunity to, that, that, that for the California people to, to overthrow Newsom and, and, you know, introduce at least some of the people in the system. Yeah, I could see supporting that effort, if not really him directly. Uh, Vice.com motherboard leaked document says Google fired dozens of employees for data misuse. Some allegations potentially centered around accessing Google user or employee data. Surprise, surprise. And that's all we're going to get to today. Jim, give us the producer notes. What's going on? I hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. T.me forward slash Adam versus man has the few links that we didn't get to today. Patreon.com forward slash Adam versus man has the financial support you can give the show. Instagram at the Garden of Freedom is the handle. Homefrontbattlebuddies.com is the website where all of your donations are theft deductible. The Crypto6.com where Mr. Nobody sits waiting on you to write him a letter. And GoGreenEnergyOnline.com. Do it yourself. Self-sustained off-grid living. Hope you enjoyed the show. Love you all. Have a good day. 232 years ago today, according to goodnewsnetwork.org for this day in history, during the first stages of the French Revolution, following the storming of the Bastille, the National Constituent Assembly, which had become the effective government in France, took an oath to end feudalism and abandon their aristocratic privileges on this day in 1789. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other. 